This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to Body Count, a history podcast where we gab about death and disaster through the ages, highlighting figures, single events, time periods, whatever it may be that resulted in someone, or as is usually the case, a lot of someone's dying. Now, I am your host, Jessica Manner, joined as always, by my two favorite cohorts, please introduce yourselves. Bethany Skelton and Amizio. Thank you. Oh my God, that was so uplifting! Like, ugh, I can't get over it. We were all on the same page of happy there. Now, really quickly, I'm going to remind you guys housekeeping. Please, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, go rate and review us and give us those five stars. It's not about making us feel good about ourselves. It helps us out on the business end. That being said, we are joined once more by a guest that I have thoroughly enjoyed their content, had a great time with it previously. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Where what it is you're doing, where we find you, and uh, kind of how we follow you, and then recap where we were a little bit, and we'll dive right into this. Thank you, Jessica. My name's Kenny Ryan. I'm the host of Abridged Presidential Histories. It's a podcast that looks at the successes, setbacks, and scandals of every American president in chronological order, each in 60 minutes or less. Uh, you can find my show by searching for Abridged Presidential Histories in Google or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. You can also find me on Twitter at APH Podcast. And uh, well, what I'm here for on this show is we're talking about the what I like to think of as the saga of the night soil. <laughs> we're talking about how bad sanitation in Washington, D.C. killed one, two, maybe three presidents in the course of a decade and helps set the country on a path to civil war. So, Once again, that's a goddamn thesis point, Kenny. I have to, like... Again, I was going to say... I, I should write a the, book about this, or at least, like... The main idea. <laughs> the main idea in your hand there, sir, that's uh, succinct. But then again, he gets it wrapped up in 60 minutes or less, which uh, we fail to do here on this podcast. So, Kenny, take it away. Absolutely. So, so quick catch up to remind you where we're at. And, and this story, it, it starts with the fact that Washington, D.C. has really bad sanitation. Terrible sanitation. Yeah, people are throwing their crap in the street. That crap is getting scooped up and thrown in a lot called the Night Soil Lot, which is located uphill from the White House. And the White House is getting its drinking water from a spring, which is between the White House and the night soil. So whatever is in that night soil lot is trickling underground to the spring, and then they're piping it in from the spring to the White House, and they're just gulping it on down. Just, <laughs> oh, so fresh. Yeah. Spring water in a bottle. You know, it just, oh, my good Lord almighty. I am already... I think Washington, D.C. has to be one of the top places for bottled water, you know, with a history like this. <laughs> oh, God. I really, really so. It should be from somebody who, like, they're not spring. Exactly. It's not spring water. It's like someone else's spring water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you ever see bottled Washington, D.C. spring water, just, like, hard pass. 
Hard copy. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, so, so why did they, they got this terrible uh, sanitation system? And in 1840, uh, the, the Whig party elects a guy named William Henry Harrison, and 31 days after he's sworn in, he dies. You might have heard of this guy. Most people think he died of pneumonia, but in the last couple of decades, they've really started to think it was probably the sanitation and the typhoid in the water that killed him. When he died, his vice president, who nobody ever expected to be president, a guy named John Tyler, became president. And John Tyler pissed off his own party, got kicked out, burned an effigy, is, is a president without a party, and he decides, I want to be reelected. So to do that, he decides, I'm going to do the crazy thing nobody else will do. I'm going to annex Texas. The reason nobody <laughs> wanted to annex Texas is because, A, Mexico said we're going to go to war with you if you do, and B, it's going to trigger a debate over the expansion of slavery. But Tyler does it anyway. Tyler annexes Texas, and a new guy becomes president, James K. Polk. And Polk uses the annexation of Texas to manipulate the United States into war with Mexico. The United States wins that war. We clobber Mexico, winning all the major battles. And we take 55% of Mexico's land. Oh, all shit. California, Arizona, Utah, New like the whole American Southwest the is seized from Mexico in this war. And and that's where we left off in our last episode. So that's the quick recap. That's what, that's what we did in our last episode. And that's what we had on Tammy. I was going to say Glee, but that didn't fit. So <laughs> I don't remember yeah. the percentage, but damn, that's a huge percentage of yes. claimed land that was technically Mexico's. I'm sorry. I don't know, mathematician. I feel like that's my phrase. But, well, when you seize a sovereign nation's capital city, you tend to make major hashtag gains, if you will. And I don't mean in the paltry gym-like esque way that it's used. No, rather territorial. Yeah, we we pretty much took whatever we wanted, and we take all that land. And, and the thing is, though, we're like, okay, great, we have all this land. We, we know that this is going to cause a debate now about the expansion of slavery, because there's going to be this debate as people migrate out there, as all this land first turns into territories, and then from territory into states, there will be a controversy about is slavery allowed here. But everyone tells themselves, you know what? It's okay. We have time to figure this out, because there's nothing of value out there. There's nothing valuable in Arizona, Utah, or California. Nobody's going to have a, there's not going to be like a mass migration out there. And then <laughs> in like the, the final year of Polk's administration, somebody shows up at his doorstep and says, Sir, uh, we found gold in California. <laughs> and so in 1849. What a cliffhanger. That's a, that's a truly TV season finale, honestly. <laughs> right? They shot gold. <laughs> Let's wait six months, see what happens next. You know, that was a curveball. <laughs> no one saw that coming. Nobody. Nobody. Let's McGuffin. Let's just put gold in California. There we go. That'll drive the plot along. <laughs> so when, when season two picks up, <laughs> it's 1849. 
And and three big things happened in 1849. First off, we 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 now know there's gold in California, and the California gold rush is in full swing. Uh, Ninety thousand settlers are going to swarm to California in just that year alone. The San Francisco 49ers. This is why they're the 49ers. This is that big migration. Hundreds of thousand Americans move there in the next few years. And that means we're going to have to grapple with the state issue much quicker than we thought. Two other things happened in 1849. Uh, first, a general that we mentioned in the last episode, General Zachary Taylor, all rough and ready, who, who is a war hero of the Mexican-American War, he gets elected president as a result of you know, him winning that war. And the third thing is, I promised you some presidential deaths, and James K. Polk is going to die. <laughs> The only one has died so far. Yeah, we're, we're working on number two right now. So, uh, Polk had always been kind of a sickly guy. He'd been sick all the time he was in D.C. He, he survives the presidency, and then he has the shortest post-presidency of any president. About 100 days after he leaves office, three months, he gets suddenly hit by, tell me if this sounds familiar, abdominal distress. Diarrhea, vomiting, and dehydration, and he dies. It's typhoid, our old friend. That is. Been... Yeah. It's, like, it's like the ghost of Christmas past kind of thing going on. It is. And now, if, if I want to be fair to like the narrative, he is the one who maybe he didn't get this from DC because he does die like three months later. He might have picked it up traveling home. He does this long trip. He goes to New Orleans. There was a cholera outbreak in New Orleans at the time, but it's still, it's, it's bad American sanitation. Somewhere, he's traveling through some city that's not taking care of its shit properly. And so he catches out. Uh, yeah. To that point, I would argue that any immunologist worth his salt knows that he's been at this uh, particular mill. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. been a uh, He's been at it for a while, so you could argue that um, his immune system is already compromised from the D.C. system. So we carry that into another city in which it's worse. And I could argue if we're talking about swamp systems with uh, poor irrigation and uh, even worse water supply, mm -hmm. definitely that's going to be the follow-up shithole from swamp to swamp. If you will, um, so yeah, I can I can definitely see the case for that, and that's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I, I'm glad you made. I think you're absolutely right. He he was frequently sick in Washington D.C., frequently suffering from one ailment or the other. It had probably weakened him and set him up for to be finished off on the way home. It sounds like they were just using other places as a scapegoat to like, oh, nothing's wrong here. Do you think maybe he like died like at the start of the journey and it was like weekend at Bernie's and they just tried to like, you know, pretend he was alive so they could, oh yeah, it was New Orleans, not DC. Yeah. They propped him up with sunglasses and made yeah. him out. <laughs> I think there's something there. They did that sort of community thing, but uh, like, Dinner with Andre slash Weekend at Bernie's sort of thing, yeah. if you will. Like, combine both. Yeah, yeah, he definitely met with an old friend, but while still being on puppet strings. It was very, very interesting. What a what a catalog of uh, presidential histories we're breaking <laughs> into here. <laughs> yeah. 
But no, we're about to get in some really interesting territory, guys. I'm we are. So, so we got two presidents down, we'll say. That's two down, one to go. Just give me, we're going to hit that one pretty quick here. And, and we're going to continue this march towards civil war. This march that was triggered when we annexed Texas. That's just domino, domino, domino. So the current domino is the California gold rush. All these people swarm California. And, and they demand, they're like, we need to be a state now because there's just like no law here. It's the Wild West. It's going crazy. They just, on their own, they organize a state convention and they come up with a state constitution and they say unanimously, we're going to be a free state. There's going to be no slavery here. And it's notable, even there were Southerners at this convention, and even the Southerners in California at this convention said, we don't want slavery here. I don't think they wanted to compete uh, with the slaves in the gold mines. And, yeah. and let's be honest, a lot of the states back here that voted against slavery, they were also just racist assholes who didn't want black people in their state. So that <laughs> might have been part of it, too. So, like... Yeah, you can't assume that necessarily everybody who's anti-slavery is a good guy, unfortunately. <laughs> There's still a bunch of dicks on that side, too. So California, they, they send this to D.C., you know, the state constitution. We want to become a state. And in Washington, D.C., this causes a huge fuss. Uh, all the northern representatives, all the congressmen and senators from the north, they're like, yeah, man, another free state. Let's do it. And all the Southern senators and representatives are like over our dead body. If you try to bring California in as a slave state, we're gonna secede. We're gonna leave. We're gonna we're like we're not having it. We refuse. You you even have a point where two Southern congressmen they go to President Taylor and they tell Taylor if California is not made a slave state, if California is made a free state, we're gonna secede. And Zachary Taylor, he doesn't take shit from people, so he tells them that if they even try it, he's going to hang them for treason himself. So, yeah, so, like, shit's getting real. So let's talk a bit about Zachary Taylor, because this is a huge pivotal moment, and it's all hitting Zachary Taylor. So a bit of background on him. This is a guy who was in the Army his entire life. His uh, first battle that he participated in came uh, during Native Americans in the War of 1812 when he was defending Fort Harrison, as in a fort named after William Henry Harrison, the first president who died earlier this episode. So that that, throwback. Yeah, nice little throwback there. It all ties together. Very nice. So he then goes, he serves in the Second Seminole War, where he fights against some Native Americans and escaped slaves in, in Florida. And then he goes and he serves in the Mexican War, where, where he whoops up in northern Mexico, becomes a big hero for some of these big battles he wins. Right. Uh, Zachary Taylor is someone who's known for how casual he is. He's a guy who, like, a new soldier will arrive at the army, and they're constantly mistaking him for a private, because, like, he, he's just sitting around in, a, like, a nice casual hat, comfortable clothing. He's not dressed like a general. So people will show up, they'll think he's, like, an orderly, and they're like, hey, sharpen my sword, uh, polish my boots. And then he'll do it, and then they'll go around and like, where's the general's tent? And someone will eventually point him back, and they'll be like, oh, my God. Did I just tell the general? Was record, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they'll just be like, I sharpened your sword for you. And they'll be like, oh, my God, what did I do? He's going to kill me. <laughs> so he enjoyed kind of pranking people like that. Um, this this style of kind of living and suffering with the soldiers, of, of being very much like a, a 
troops guy, a soldiers guy. It, it earned him the nickname All Rep and Ready, which is probably one of the cooler presidential nicknames. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Another thing about Zachary Taylor is he was from the South. He's a Southerner, and he owned slaves, but he didn't support the slaveocracy. He was opposed to the expansion of slavery. Um, okay. And, have, all right. Yeah. Allow me to interject here. Um because I think a lot of people read this and they think, oh, he's some sort of abolitionist king among Southerners, when that is, in mm. fact, not the case. Um, it's something I see a lot that I think is very, very interesting. When, in fact, um, the ideal of abolition of slavery had never occurred to anyone in America, and, in fact, did not occur to Lincoln until it became... Uh, you know, a real fuck you to to the southern states, I think, and it became a point of necessity. So I think before anybody goes around and says, oh, all of Zachary Taylor's <laughs> statues are sacred, it's an important point that I want to make is it's more of a classist issue than it is a slavery or abolitionist I I issue. Maybe not in favor of continuing slavery in other territories, but mm -hmm. certainly in favor of continuing it in the South, primarily for his financial benefit. And then uh, you have to look at the agrarian nature of the way of life in the South and how very dependent it was on slavery slave labor, as we're going to definitely see in the Reconstruction as we progress in American history. So I think a lot of people get very excited about this point when we talk about it. And I just really quickly want to be the Debbie Downer and be like, no, 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 he's a classist, not an abolitionist. So let's like, don't get that twisted. I think that makes a lot of sense because I was a little confused. I was like, how is this man like but what is he then what is he fighting for? Like what why is he doing what he's doing? So thank you for that. I was curious. In a way, it's sort of like looking at people with billions of dollars who are somehow against the idea of like that are very in favor of the idea of distribution of wealth. Well, you live on a hundred grand a year, sir, and distribute your wealth. You will see that that is also not the case with uh, President Taylor in, yeah. in sort of the same fashion, in that you've already got people striking gold in California. The last fucking thing they need is slavery added to that because they're going to have these giant uh gold fueled agrarian like paradises that um definitely rival nay destroy his little paradise he's created in the south so i just it's a misconception i see from a lot of people that oh he's some kind of like no he's not he's a fucking classist not an abolitionist don't get it twisted yeah, I, I totally agree. Not at all an abolitionist. No, you know, nobody really. Nope. There are some in the north, you know, but it's it's like the Quakers. <laughs> yeah, you know, they always have been since, yeah. like, before we were a nation. And and there's definitely abolitionist movements, but don't it's get it twisted into yeah. 
think he's some progressive, like, grand figure. Oh, he's throwing out, like, the riffraff of plain old Bernie Sanders kind of guy, which is a lot of the representations that you... No, 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 no. He's a fucking... One of the funny things about it is even kind of on the verge of the Civil War, where the South secedes because they're convinced Lincoln is going to abolish slavery. Lincoln had no such plans to abolish slavery. But it it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's kind of like today. You have these information bubbles where you, you know, people might try to have an insurrection against the Capitol because they're convinced that, you know, something crazy happened. Like, they're convinced it was stolen. It wasn't, actually. Back then, they were convinced that Lincoln was going to abolish slavery and that they had to then. Like, he, like, like today, people are like, he's going to take away our guns, so we have to stop. He's going to take away our slaves. And that's what triggered the Civil War. So... Yeah, even back then, it was never a big abolitionist push. It was part of the Republican Party. There were some in there. But the mainstream was we just don't want it to keep spreading. We want to keep it contained in the South. We want it to slowly die out over the next hundred years, slowly, somehow, magically. Until we imaginary, like, get a wage control program and stop any kind of supposed unionization like you see on the continent among workers kind of thing going on. So I just like want it to be very clear because I read this a lot that everybody thinks Taylor's yeah. some kind of, I don't know. Uh-huh. No, he's not a, a pre hero. It's very much a classist fucking issue right. um, for all yeah. you. It, it definitely feels like a, a, our blind, the blinders went on in this. And and um, I, I maybe the uh, change uh, point of view real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. When you talk about, you know, uh, California and the gold mines and how they didn't want slaves, I, I guess, like, in my initial thought was like, well, that's strange, because, you know, we're kind of, you know, lazy people, why not have to do But then I got to thinking, but we're also greedy. Greed versus laziness, like, which yeah. one way? So, of course, why would we want, we don't trust those you know, not we, obviously, not mm. me. I mean, like, back then. They We're not trust a, a community to mind that. Yeah, no, that, that's also a little bit of some of the thought. It's, a, it's an interesting thought process, and it's more than a lot fucked up. My primary purpose was uh, yeah. let's not put Zachary... Taylor on a pedestal because believe it or not, I see it happen occasionally in history that oh, he's this you know I I see it happen and I want to uh, not propagate that uh, fucking myth. He's a classist first, yeah, and everything else second. It's it's very tempting because you know that eventually it's, it's going to come this difference between say Democrats and Republicans in, in treatment of black people. So it's tempting earlier in history to see the Democrats and the Whigs. And think, you know, oh, the, the Whigs, you know, they must be the pro-freedom people. But they're not. You know, they all own slaves, too. Those two parties were created so that they would both agree nobody's going to talk about slavery. And then this mess starts getting worse as, as the Whig Party. It's not long for the world at this point. They're, the Let me put it this die. way. Yeah. Nobody can see me, but I'm slapping your awesome stickers, like from the dentist, all over your body, shirt, and face right now because you He's just like, put it all. Yeah. yeah. 
And, and the one other thing I'll add about uh, why uh, Zachary Taylor didn't want to expand is he also saw how disruptive it was, you know? Mm-hmm. And he realized that the, the South, the slave owners are the ones who really are kind of starting the motion whenever this becomes an issue. Um, so let's just try to contain it where it is. And I'm just going to pick a side. I got to pick a side. We'll pick a side, you know? And if you're going to have to depend on Henry Clay to fucking straighten you out, nothing good's going to happen from me. You know, like, uh, <laughs> you're not headed down a hashtag good path. Um, so, yeah. so, so, so understatement. So, Zachary Taylor, we, we've established who he is, <laughs> you know, and he's like, I am not going to let slavery expand. I'm going to allow California to enact its own constitution that it, you know, democratically voted for, too. Like, it's this is the uncontroversial thing. California said we want to be a free state. And he's like, okay, cool, you can be. And the South is threatening to secede. Uh, and, and he's like, no, I'm going to stop you. And then he dies. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he dies. He dies. He, right there. He dies. Right there. The Southerners prepared for you to take me out. I was like, he's like, yeah, do whatever you want. And he's looking over here going, no, I won't let you. And then I was not prepared for you to say he's surprised. Like, I'm, 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 he died. He died. Uh, I think he ever after the end. You know he's drinking like... Entirely different podcast. Yeah, exactly. When he named this. Um, also, he's like drinking that like shit filled. I would say it's the Ozark brand because water's not even good enough to be Fiji at this time. So it's like the shit filled version of Ozark bottled water, if you will. So, I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. That's the whole point of what Kenny has excellently <laughs> brought to us. It's the real, because, you know, the cold Kool-Aid that takes everybody out, it's truly the, the slow shit Kool-Aid. And the thing I, is, like, he could not have picked a shittier time to die, either. Right? You know, <laughs> no, he, he could not have shit, more. You know, like, things were like, here's some of the other things that were happening, like, when he dies. The, the South, they're literally, like, starting to hold conventions to vote on disunion. That's the point they're getting to. They're at the point of, like, we're going to hold a convention to leave. There was an attempt in Congress to create a compromise to get them to stay, and Henry Clay, you mentioned Henry Clay, the so-called great compromiser, like, twice already, there's been moments like this where he came up with a compromise that stuck together. He put forth his compromise, his last compromise, and they rejected it. So the compromise was dead. Henry Clay gave up. He went home. There's a convention to discuss disunion in the South, and now Zachary Taylor is dead, too. And he's killed, like, like you all know, by the night soil. How this happens on July 4th, 1850, he's celebrating the laying of the uh, cornerstone of the Washington Monument, like, the, you know, the giant obelisk that Spider-Man fights around in one of his movies. And he eats some cherries. He drinks some iced milk, and he drinks a lot of that old D.C. water. That um, night, severe uh, stomach pain set in. It's not just, it's the anti-toto, it's small. <laughs> it's, it's at this point that a flautus um, literally 
starts to play for the first time in American history, the final countdown. Of course, you get it, but you can hear it. Yeah. Stomach pain, July 5th, bloody diarrhea. Upset stomach, indigestion. Just, just, it, yes, exactly. The whole Tums commercial, basically. The whole Tums commercial plays out, and then he dies at the end. And, <laughs> and the new Tums motto, he should have taken Tums. Yeah. <laughs> Or you, it, it literally prevents you from shitting yourself to death. I mean, what a fucking commercial tagline if they'd have had it. No, right? Yeah. I, That's going to be first and foremost on my over-the-counter purchases. But, you know, then again, we are a consumer nation. So, Amen. Yeah, I do want to say one, one thing about him. I was gonna, He has probably the sweetest last words of, like, any president, though. And I'm just, like, like, a, little, like a little shed a tear. His last mm -hmm. words were, my only regret is for the friends I leave behind me. Isn't that just, like, oh, my, oh, I kind of like you again. <laughs> it seems sweet, but then again, if you're his friends, if you're a friend and I was his friend, I take that as a forewarning, like, oh, fuck, I think it's going to go the exact way that goddamn goes, oh, that's the way the boat's going to go, God, we're, hello, Civil War, it's yeah. coming, it's coming for us, thank and, you. Yeah, and the attentions were so high right now, like I told you how, how fraught this time was, for over a hundred years, there were conspiracy theories that he had been poisoned. And in 1991, they exhumed his body to test it for poison, mercury poisoning. And Ooh. it was not poisoning. It was the, the cholera or the typhoid from the, the crappy water. He is three for three, our third president in a decade to die from the drinking water in D.C. I noticed really quickly. Oh, sorry, Bethany, I've got to interrupt you. Really, uh, really, really quickly, I'm going to assume it's typhoid. But there's also that cholera chance yeah. in there as well. Yeah. And it's, um, I suppose there is no way for anyone to determine that long after death what was the uh, ultimate killer. Because then again, you're right. We can also throw that, uh, that cholera fun in there. Like... Love in the time of cholera. <laughs> Hashtag for a nation. I don't know, you know, so that's also interesting. It's very interesting. Just shit tons of diseases from drinking, uh, you know, shit. water full of shit. <laughs> yes, yes, essentially, like, shit-filled water is maybe... part episode where there's, like, a counter for curse words, and we're about to release, like, an ancient curse on... <laughs> And it was worth it. It was worth it. So. <laughs> worth it, man. I do have a, I guess, maybe a, a question slash maybe, maybe observation. Yeah. It seems like every time that this, you know, and if, you know, we got a new one, a new president. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It didn't take long before they were gone and deceased. I guess. Maybe I'm missing something, whereas when the next person becomes, you know, standing or however they view, I am president, view mine, um, it took them a lot longer. Is it because that they were getting a different water supply, drinking from a different well, or I guess I'm just, did they not move into the White House? 
and drink the same water. You know, it's just kind of luck of the draw at that point. Uh, some people die, some people don't. Some it's, it's how old you are too. You know, Zachary Taylor, very old. William Henry Harrison, very old. They, like Zachary Taylor's a guy who lived a really rough. He's all rough and ready. You know, so he, he's worn a bit down. If it's during his campaigns, all he has to fight is like maybe like I don't know a beaver amoeba in a stream, and now he's confined beaver. to Washington at this great age, and he's drinking shit water. It's about it's the same thing that we talked about, Bethany. It's about um, immune system. It's about uh, age. It's about um, health. Like how long it gets to you. I guess I just I find it so odd that right off the bat, you know, when we get into office, they're like, yeah, and then like either 30 minutes, 30 days, 100 days, you know, yeah. whatever, you're gone. And forget, or, like, it just feels like I feel like I have like a weird question that I don't know what to, how to ask, if that makes sense, as a person that doesn't look at it from a historical or you know that kind of viewpoint so i'm like wait a minute something doesn't sit right here and it feels mm-hmm. well, well strange and i just i i didn't know if that was like a weird coincidence maybe it's just i think that's just a matter of timing and i think part of it too is uh <laughs> now i'm not a doctor so i could be totally wrong here but I think for you to get like cholera or typhoid from, you know, contaminated water, somebody has to put some contaminated feces in the water supply. So you got to like way upstream, someone this, <laughs> does their business, they throw it in the street, it gets scooped up, it gets thrown in the lot, it trickles underground, it gets to the spring, it gets taken to the White House, and then you drink it with your cherries. And it's just a matter of when, what day does that happen? Which is not that is far out of the realm considering these are people living in a swamp mm-hmm. that is poorly irrigated yeah. they're at this time still drinking from a stream that is roughly six blocks away from the local shit heap uh <laughs> dietary problems mm-hmm. uh you've got immune system problems on top of that it's just about the general health of the individual so Wrong day, wrong drink. Plus, there are people, there are outbreaks within D.C. itself. So, cholera and typhoid-ridden shits are being thrown in this pile. Rain comes down that washes <laughs> into the spring. Like, it's just... But there's no way for them to actually pinpoint, like, why are these presidents dying? No, well, that's no. Me, like, at the time, it took a long time for me to nail it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like uh, this Zachary Taylor was the one who they were like, okay, that was cholera. <laughs> At the time, they're like, okay, that that, that was cholera. But uh, you know, a decade early, William Henry Harrison, they're like, uh, pneumonia from a long speech like thirty days ago, maybe. Yeah, and then <laughs> they still think that. <laughs> you know? Did he? You know, did he not drink hot soup afterwards? Like, he must be sick, right? Yeah. He had. This no, is no. why it's important to boil your water whenever there's an issue with sanitation in your city. Yeah, so every time you guys see boiling water, it actually <laughs> fucking matters to boil your water every yeah. time you see those things. Also, if you're one of those true-to-form campers that's an idiot and don't, <laughs> like, like, bring your own water and try to 
pluck it from the Colorado spring, if you will, all you Instagrammers. Go ahead and give it a good boil for <laughs> this reason. Uh, you don't know what's in it, and that is just what you do, quite yeah. frankly. I've, I've seen that. Sorry. Yeah. No, like, bring it with you. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so our third president's dead. Now it's time to just march and follow this through and follow this chain of dominoes impacted by these presidents dying and how this carries us to the Civil War. So, uh, Zachary Taylor has died, and, and who takes over for him? It's a guy named Millard Fillmore, his vice president. And Millard Fillmore is a spineless piece of shit from the North who is really big on ignorance and bigotry. Uh, Miller, Miller, later in life, Millard Fillmore will join a secret society turned political party known as the Know Nothing Party, and he'll run for president on their anti-Catholic and anti-immigrant platform. And I say wow. this later because he's going to lose his re-election with Whigs. He's going to be such a bad president that the Whigs will be destroyed and there will never be another Whig president again. That is who takes over for Zachary Taylor. I have never heard of this man before ever, and I feel... A little ashamed. I'm going to tell you, Bethany, my episode on him just came out today. You should check it out. <laughs> also, yeah, hashtag he's an American president. So let me just go ahead and comment on that. I mean, President Fillmore, it, I mean, it's ringing like, obviously, it's not something that's like, oh, he did something fantastic. Like, it's not something that's like registering in my mind. But his, I guess Millard is what threw me. I was like, who the fuck is this person? So I guess, I think it's the first name that threw me. Because now that I'm looking at film, it's it's registering. But the, his first name threw me. I was I was a little lost for a second. I was like. It's like a very distinctive name. You know, it's a unique name. You don't see a lot of Millard's film wars. Right, and yeah. yet he's still one of the most forgettable presidents. You know? Yeah, interesting face, though. It might depend. Okay. Mm. So. <laughs> you know, like when we discuss, I guess, topics, why did this, this is so interesting. I just mm -hmm. have to know, like, how do you end up stumbling upon these kind of like themes throughout your show? Does this happen periodically with the research you do that you're like, oh, you know, you see the trend here and this is pretty funny or this is rather morbid? Like, I guess, how did you come up with it? The, like, the theme for the show? The, yeah. Or, yeah. It was just, like, literally, when I got to Zachary Taylor, and I looked back at it, I was like, that was a lot of people dying of the same thing. And actually, I, I saw you, 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 like, put out kind of, like, a call to action. Does anybody have any yeah. stories about people dying? And I was like, yeah, I kind of have a story about three people dying because of poopy water. So. <laughs> well, you pitch it like that. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, the, and, the and sir, yeah. shit-filled water says Body Count Podcast. So very well done. Uh, fucking nailed it like Martin Luther. I, you know, like what are you gonna do? Like the, the impacts of these deaths were were so huge. You know, if William Henry Harrison doesn't die, you you do not get John Tyler. You do not get the annexation of Texas. You do not get the Mexican American War. You don't get any of those things. You know. I love 
related to the domino effect because it truly is. And you can actually, I mean, not to go down a weird rabbit hole, but think about what would happen if William hadn't right. died. Yeah. There's it's, it's one of the wigs yeah. still exist. <laughs> it's an alternate reality, but I think ultimately it's going to be one of those who were the winners and losers of the Second World War. I think you're going to have that same tumble down sooner or later to a civil war with a winner right. or loser. And on the timing portion, America doesn't maybe become a global creditor like she becomes, if you There's will. So like, it may be delayed. You, or you might have not a civil war, but the United States is still a slave society. <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, who knows? I wish Fuck that me. actually did Back to the Future with, you know, I don't know, historical relevance. I mean, other than whatever the fuck they did. I mean, I love Back to the Future, but dang, they could have done some serious business with what I, I just want to see, you know how there's like shows and movies where they go to like alternate universes? I want like the next Marvel movie where they go to an alternate universe for the Wig Party to still be there. I want there to be a Wig president in the next Marvel movie. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you wanted yes, to was. Van in the High Castle, the TV, not the book, of course, but you Sorry. wanted a TV show, Man in the High Castle, but America without shit-filled water in D.C. So that um, that's actually a great premise. Mm. Netflix, fucking get on that. Hey, and here, about it. Uh, here on here, Ty and Seth McFarlane having a family guy episode about it. Like, no, I was, I'm gonna send Kenny's idea to Netflix. Like, uh, Kenny <laughs> Ryan, like, he, uh, Jesus Christ. It's you know, instead shit. of the dig, it can be, well... Night soil. <laughs> That's the title. That's the fucking title. Night soil. Night soil. I see it now, man. Instead of like night crawler, night soil. Night, night soil. soil. I know. It sounds like you see that and you're like, what's night soil? I want to know what night soil sounds, is. And you're like, whoa. Sounds whoa. like a. Exactly. That. That's the exact thought process that happened to me. I was like, night soil. It sounds like a fucking comic board or comic book Alan Moore would have written in the 80s. <laughs> I love everything about it. Night soil. <laughs> we, we were discussing temporary President Fillmore. Yes. <laughs> um, totally forgettable President Fillmore. Yes. <laughs> so what was it that I, I guess I, I know we got a little off. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Miller Fillmore, this this total putz, he becomes president, and and he inherits this crisis. You know, the the South is talking about leaving. There was a compromise. The compromise seems dead, and everyone's like, Miller Fillmore, are you gonna save us? And he's like, No. <laughs> <laughs> The first thing, he, he like fires his whole cabinet on day one. He has nobody ready to replace him. He spends like the first few months just trying to like figure out what he's doing in the White House. But meanwhile, in Congress, in the Senate, another guy steps onto the scene, Stephen A. Douglas. This is a senator from, was it Illinois, I believe? Famous of the Lincoln-Douglas debates, you know, he's pretty much like the man of the 1850s. He, he kind of tries to pick up, Henry Clay dies around this time, and he's like, I'm going to be the next Henry Clay. I'm going to come, I'm going to, I'm going to take Henry Clay's compromise, and I'm going to find a way to pass it. I'm going to be the next influence Instagram. I, not influence, it's like, 
basically he was like, I'm going to be the new influencer. Yes. Now that I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to be the Kim Kardashian of Congress. <laughs> In fact, to be fair, Stephen Douglas and Lincoln, like, inspired an or inspired a, like an entire subset of debate that's not cross X for all mm. you debate folk out there that have ever done Lincoln Douglas debates and they are a bitch because they are not fact and brief based and I hate the entire debate genre that being ignored it's a <laughs> lot of fun. I feel like there's a lot of baggage to unpack here on Stephen Douglas with, with you, Jessica. <laughs> no, more appropriately, uh, Lincoln Douglas debate. But Lincoln I'm Douglas. a cross X, I'm a cross X gal, so. Okay. So, so Millard Form, he becomes president. He he totally like blows it. He's not at all prepared. But Stephen Douglas comes through and he gets the compromise passed through Congress, and it makes its way to Millard's desk. So Millard didn't do anything, but the compromise is now here. All he has to do is sign it. And this is another big thing because Zachary Taylor had said he would not sign this. Zachary Taylor thought this compromise gave too much to the South. But Millard Fillmore, he says, screw it, I'm gonna sign it. For a couple reasons. One, he thought that uh, you know if he did something good for the South, it might help him win re-election. Two, you know the South is threatening to secede right now, so he thinks if I just give them what they want, that will end that threat. And and the Compromise of 1850 it does a lot of things. It it blocked slavery in California, it gave the Californians what they want, but it allowed it and the rest of the land taken from Mexico, which was not what the people who lived there wanted. It uh, but but most infamously, like the biggest thing it did is it had a new fugitive slave law. This law was totally bonkers crazy. It, it basically said any northerner who gave any assistance to an escaped slave could be fined. There were now federal slave catchers all over the country who could be sued if they didn't do their job. And if a man is accused of being an escaped slave and they're brought before a judge, they can't speak in their own defense. And if the judge says, you're an innocent man, you need to be let go, the judge just paid $5. But if the judge says, you're an escaped slave, and they need to be returned to the South, the judge is paid $10. So the law literally says, we're going to pay judges twice as much any time they say, this person's a slave, send them back to the South. Wow. How yeah. being rigged. Yes. <laughs> And the North gets super pissed off by this, you know, even if you weren't really like involved yet. Now you're like, wait, hold on. I'm seeing stories about men who have lived in my community for 20 years being ripped from their families and shipped south, not even being allowed to like speak in their own defense. Like, like this stuff is crazy. And, and Miller Fillmore starts really pushing the issue. You know, he's, he's really forcing this issue. And it's pissing them off. Like he, he hears, for example, there's an abolitionist convention in New York. So we've got like 5,000 abolitionists there. And he hears that, he knows that one of them is an escaped slave. So he orders federal marshals to go and capture that guy to take him back south. And when they capture the guy, the whole, like you have a convention of people, 5,000 people are like, we're not gonna let this happen. And they show up outside the courthouse and they rescue the man and they sneak him to Canada. So all this is doing, yeah, it's crazy. It's just antagonizing the North, giving the abolitionists easy opportunities to fight back and then feel empowered by that. You know, so you're poking them in the eye, you're forcing them to respond and they're responding and then they're like successfully responding and you're really strengthening this cause up in the north. 
what with this, yeah, his his enforcement of this rule splits his party. The Northerners they they give up on him. They hate him, you know, and they and they give up on the party. Uh, the Southerners they they like support him and they support this law, but you know, in the next election he the party doesn't renominate him. They were nom- They nominate someone else. That that guy gets clobbered, and the Whigs never run again. This so severs the North and South wings of the party that the Whigs are effectively killed by Miller Fillmore. Right. Holy yeah. damn! Yeah. <laughs> like, that should have been on his tombstone, man. Like What's Wig that? Killer. That should be on his tombstone. Like Wig Killer. That's it. Yeah. And and you know I I I've on him a lot. I mentioned he's gonna run later on this like know nothing party. He's gonna kill that party too by being such a bigot. So he he kills two political parties. And the know nothing were they were very nearly. Sorry, I don't mean I don't mean Eric. Like, but like you said earlier, I feel like this guy would not be relevant at all. Yeah. If it had not been for C, B, and A. Yes. Particularly backwards, you know, or E, B, F. Yeah. If we if we really want to. This is just another domino. He's he. There were dominoes before him that set him up, and there's dominoes after that he'll help push down. See, and I'm a big, like, uh, what if, I guess. Yeah. They, like, you can present to me, hey, think about what if this happened, where would we be? Because I'm very open, I'm open-minded to side. That's why I like learning about history is, like, mm-hmm. present and tell me, tell me something that uh, opens up my mind a little further. And yeah. this is literally blowing my mind right now because... We would be in a different, I feel personally, we'd be mm-hmm. in a different political society if they had just made sure Americans <laughs> had clean, healthy water. Okay. Yes. So much to ask. <laughs> it's, you're, you ask too much, Bethany. Wait. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, so from his death, uh, from, from the end of his term, it's pretty much the 1850s are like a dead sprint to the Civil War after this. You know, part of that compromise I mentioned it, it had opened up all this land taken from Mexico to slavery, and that made the Southerners in Congress and in the Senate say, "Hey, if if, if you know slavery is now allowed to all this land, we think that that means this also applies to any land left from the Louisiana Purchase back in like mm-hmm. 1804 or, or whenever it was. Bring so, it back to Jefferson. Bring it back. So they 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 get, make so much noise about this. And again, they're like, we're going to secede if you don't, you know, let us put slaves in this territory. Because there's still like uh, all the land that's like Kansas, Nebraska, like all those states, that is still not even organized territory. Nobody's moved there yet. And they're like, you need to let us take slaves there. And they make such a ruckus that another law is passed. And this law, it only happens because of the compromise sets the ground for it, too. And this is called the Kansas-Nebraska Act. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, my, my Kansas friend Bethany here. <laughs> Hi! Yay! We get another Kansas reference that I want to, spoiler, is not the Wichita Shocker. Kenny, do you know about the Wichita Shocker? Everybody at this point. I know about the Wichita Shockers. <laughs> What's the Wichita Shocker? Isn't that like the name of the team there? Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss it. Uh, there should be a body. You are correct, Kenny. That is who you're thinking. But yeah. 
the horrific mascot and the general motion that they seem to wave at the world during game time. You you are correct about the Wichita Shocker. Thank it's you. Shocking. For also knowing how shocking. Oh goddamn it! <laughs> I feel like I feel like if we were a Cards Against Humanity, that's always our trump card. Or like <laughs> when the spice up the moment. The Wichita Shocker. Actually, Kimmy. By the way, uh, the Nebraska Kansas uh, feud. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is something that we were heavily, uh, you know, thrown at with our history books. Really? Yeah, I, I, I was going to bring up the Kansas-Missouri feud, because that's very much part of this story. Yeah. What's the Kansas-Nebraska feud? That's a much, I love a corn fight. They just throw corn, corn husks at each other over the border, and then the rest of America doesn't care. But the Kansas-Missouri fight, I'm interested in. Oh, yeah. We're, we're getting there pretty quick here. So, okay, so they come up with this Kansas-Nebraska Act. And the Kansas-Nebraska Act, you know, there was this, all this fight. The Southerners said we should allow slavery in this land. And this law said, how about this? We'll split that land up into a few different territories. And each territory can vote for itself if it will allow slavery. Which, that sounds like democracy. You know, that makes sense on the surface. We'll let people vote for themselves. And surely. Also, also corn at one another, I yeah. assume. It's of course, as they're, you know. Like, I mean, there's not much. wheat and corn at each other and sawdust <laughs> at one another. We <laughs> see that. It's still a thing. Like, every once in a while, they throw chunks of wheat and corn at each other. <laughs> well, yeah, that was when I'm an American road trip, and I'm on my way to see Santa Ana's leg in Illinois. I'll stop to throw some corn husk at oh, people shit. in Kansas and Nebraska. Okay, I got a road trip one for you. William Henry Harrison's home is in Clinton, Indiana, like 30 minutes north of me. Yeah. On your way. Watching that. I know. And it's, it's so strange. So because of his, like, governorship of the Indiana Territory, mm -hmm. even though Indiana was not a state at that mm -hmm. point, obviously, I don't know. Indiana has this weird hard-on for Harrison. Um, well, well really? since I might clarify um, this is in Harrison almost more rightfully so because at least he like died in Indianapolis and his home was really, really interesting to visit, I might add. Yeah. Like, no, seriously, Indiana has a hard on for both of them. And it's not just like the whole Tippy Canoe and Tyler Two shit either, I might add. Like, which is always that's one of the few takeaways I have. And that the few like early memories of John Tyler is Tippy Canoe and Tyler Two. Yeah, it. that's the thing everybody knows about. He's the Tyler Two. <laughs> Which, can I just add, my mother, yeah. and this is going to be the weirdest story ever, um, but it was height of the pandemic, right? I went back to uh, Texas, and my mother is a very avid, I do get it from somewhere, she's a librarian in, in the truest sense of, oh, she's a degree queen, uh, but uh, she collects antiques like nobody's business so she gets like pins that used to be manufactured from all that shit so i was like had tippecanoe and tyler too like shit what? as well as yes oh it, and she'd be very unhappy if she knew i do that or did this because she puts yeah. these things in all these boxes in her collector's boxes but like mm. i had that from like 
get your ass off my White House grass like Dewey pins, and I pinned them all in my shirt and went into the backyard and marched around as I laid sod as if I were Napoleon with her traditional bicorn hat. The, she would be so unhappy if she knew I had done this, uh, but I definitely did this, this shit. Um, to be fair, though, it was a Texas afternoon. My father and I were drunk in the middle of quarantine and put on all of her campaign pins from across history, war medals, and he wore a World War II helmet, and I put on Why? a Napoleonic bicorn, and we laid sod together as That's like a white Twitter picture. Like, I want to see a profile <laughs> picture of you in this entire doing this. <laughs> that's a reality I never want the world to see. Like, because oh, imagine the level the of drunkenness. <laughs> This is the reality that your face, like, craves for. Like, <laughs> this is what would get you viral. Like, this is your marketing moment, so to speak. That's your album cover. Your album cover yeah, it's your album is that. Because I assume two drunk Texans of two different generations dressed up as full of soldiers with multiple campaign pins and, and war medals, you know, like... Watering sod in the backyard and playing cornhole isn't exactly a fucking feature of Instagram. This is the type of album cover that college kids put up in their dorm rooms. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh god, on the ceiling, like yeah. on the everyone I lay down at night, like yeah. You know, and then they're like, oh, do you not know about them? I know, you know, and they feel like, no, you know. Your expression right now is like an album cover feeling. Like, if we give that, like, sepia tone on it, like, I can feel this. It's, like, so kind of, like, mood angst. Like, listen to, like, vinyl while fucking, like, I don't know, pouring a glass. Like, hipster fuck with a little nuance, if you know. And um, I was just going to say that's the Botox and the rest of Okay, hold on. Here, here's a crazy uh, trivia thing for you. 
So William Henry Harrison, the day of his funeral in Washington, D.C., there's a, uh, a, a freed, born freed black man from New York happens to be in D.C. that day. What's Some, his name? Solomon Northrop. <laughs> He had met some some guys who told him to come on down, we'll play some music in D.C. And while he's there for William Henry Harrison's funeral, they spike his drink, uh, abduct him, yeah. and sell him to slavery in the South. Twelve years later, he escaped. Or not escaped, he escaped and is fought by his friends. And he writes his memoir, Twelve Years a Slave. The memoir, Twelve Years a Slave, the start of that story is the day of the funeral of William Henry Harrison. Damn. Yeah, it all ties back to poopy water. It all does. God damn it, Harrison. <laughs> like, if he only drank liquor, this would not have been a problem. Honestly. I chose the... Why? I'm sorry. Does he think he's better than a Plantagenet? He can't just drink wine and port and just live on whatever. Lottie da, sir. Lottie da. Drinking water. Like a fucking peasant? No, I'm sorry, but seriously. Like, alcohol for a reason, guys. <laughs> oh, shit. Anyways, the reality. I wonder, like, why? I guess it makes me wonder if that's, that's a part of the reason why presidents were, like, such drinkers. Like, if it was kind of commonplace knowledge, you know what I mean, not to drink the water? Like from pregnant women, you know, like when they say, oh, don't drink the water because all the women are pregnant. Maybe that phrase is from don't drink the water back in the days. Holy shit. Holy shit. Full circle. Let's make it a thing. That's what happened. That's where it's from. To be fair, I think all of our presidents before the one mentioned were staunch even before <laughs> shit string aquifer is, uh, is introduced. So. You know what's kind of funny to me is you'd ask, like, why do some of these other presidents not die? And the 1850s had some hard drinking presidents. <laughs> yes, it did. That's my point. That's my point. Like, everybody yeah. was a goddamn drinker. And then all of a sudden, this motherfucker wants to break with hashtag water. Ew. So, so yeah, so let's go back to the dominoes. So where we left, you know, uh, was the, the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which said we're going to cut up this territory into a few different territories, this land into a few different territories. Each will vote for itself if it wants to be free or slave, which sounds great on the surface and will work great because surely you're not going to have mobs of pro-slavery border ruffians cross the border and stuff ballot boxes, right? Like, that wouldn't happen. Everybody's just going to vote. Freely, right? Yeah. Like that's not a right. thing. So, yeah, um, we're not gonna have like a fraudulent election in Kansas. That would help. Well, that happens. Even if we do, it's only six electoral votes. It's not gonna matter. <laughs> so yes, 
Well, well, the Jayhawks. When we, when we get to college basketball, everybody likes to score us. But it um, is, uh, in my opinion, at least Missouri is one. Missouri. Um, anybody in the Big 12, so that includes Oklahoma State, <laughs> University, Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, uh, TCU is even, I believe, in a TCU is in our conference. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's quite a few Texas people, Oklahoma. Um, so yeah, yeah. Am I right? Does Kansas change its fight song so there's always a lyric about every school in the conference? There's a way actually in any okay, you're talking to a dance major who was on a dance team for college in Texas, by the way. There is a phrase in just about anybody's fight song. That allows you to input either their mascot or their um, college name, whatever kind of fits. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's you know the Raiders or Texas, yeah. it depends on how it fits in the song. Yeah. There, uh, there's a point in the song where you are able to change it depending on who you are playing against. So, so the reason I brought up these rivalries, you mentioned Missouri, like a hundred-year-old rivalry. And uh, Missouri, they're the Tigers. The origin of the Tigers is that was the name of a pro-Confederate militia in Missouri after the Civil War. So there is a sports rivalry that is still named after the pro-free state militia and the pro-slave state militia. And we actually have shirts that say mock the zoo instead. The zoo? (laughs) We have shirts that say that. I mean, it it goes pretty, I mean, obviously deeper than that. People think it's just a sports robbery, but it goes deeper than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so we have that happening. We have people from Missouri raiding Kansas, setting up this fraudulent election, and it just continues to spin. Uh, and bleeding Kansas, it becomes such a hot mess of blatant corruption and suffering. And I mean, like, you, you get a new president, James Buchanan. He really wants the pro-slavery government to take hold in Kansas. So he's putting out bribes, he's hiring prostitutes, he's doing like, like, this is just beyond the pale corruption. And it's well, so over the top. About, uh... <laughs> and, and it's so over the top that it ends up fracturing the Democratic Party. So yeah, the point I... where in 1860, the Democratic Party runs two candidates. One candidate who's pro-slavery, very pro-South, and another candidate who's just more moderate on the slavery question. And that splitting of the Democratic Party opens the window for the Republican Party and Abraham Lincoln to win the White House. And that right there, these dominoes that have been happening, we've killed the Whig Party, we've split the Democratic Party, the Republicans are now on the scene. This is their chance. And when Lincoln gets elected, the South is so convinced that he's going to abolish slavery that they immediately begin seceding. And they totally secede over slavery. Like, read any of the thing written by anybody in the South about why they seceded. And they're like, we're seceding because the North is going to get rid of slavery and we have to secede to protect slavery. This is actually where I get, um, as a non-historical, I, I, I try my best, but I'm not <laughs> fluent yeah. in his procedures. This is where I get um, conflicted because 
I have I have two uh, very smart nine year olds, and I've had one. I guess it was several months ago that said my favorite president ever mm. is um you know is Abraham Lincoln because A B and C because he abolished slavery because he did this and I'm like well actually <laughs> I don't know that much but I do know this and uh, it kind of shattered her. Um, oh, don't do that! I like Lincoln. Lincoln's great. No, he's great. No, I wasn't trying, and I even told uh-huh. her, kind of like, crush your dreams here, but I wanted to give her the reality of just what I know from historical facts and where he was at. And I, he was definitely I, someone who evolved slavery. slavery. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely evolved, and he evolved, yeah. and it's a fantastic thing. Like, yeah. definitely. Right. Here's the debate lesson about Lincoln. Lincoln isn't that he was always right, it's that he admitted he was wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay, see, and, and sorry, I don't want any viewers to take what I just said mm-hmm. wrongly in any yeah. way. Um, but it, it is a, um, the thing about our heroes, sorry, you know, we do, we're all at fault, we all have faults, and we all have to, like, uh, own up to them, I guess, or, or you know, they all catch up to us. But it's interesting to to pull this all into how he even became a historical figure in the first place, because we don't know if he would have been here if it hadn't been for <laughs> the poop water, the poop water, and all those other dominoes. Yeah, it just really it's crazy how it ties back to shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a book out there, Everybody Poops. We know it's true. So one of the like last sacrifice on these dominoes, too, is is as the southern state starts seceding, I mentioned James Buchanan, he's the president, and he lets them all go. And this ties back to Zachary Taylor, because remember how Zachary Taylor, he was going to be like, no, I'm not going to let you do it. I'm going to call the army, I'm going to hang you if you try. James Buchanan took the total opposite approach. He didn't do it, and it allowed the South to build momentum. He gave them, like, a running head start of, like, four or five months. His Secretary of War, who would serve as a Confederate general, was sending, like, guns and artillery to the South to make sure they had a a good start to this war. So it's a huge difference of, of we get to another crisis moment, and this time we have a president who just lets it happen and makes it worse. If you, if you, if this had say, if Zachary Taylor had forced the issue in 1850, you probably would have nipped it in the bud pretty quick, and you wouldn't have had such a destructive civil war. Who knows what would have happened, but you probably wouldn't have had the destructive civil war. So, in 1861, the civil war begins. You know, uh, almost a million Americans die, like 750,000. And, and in case you're curious. Uh, DC sanitation system is still claiming victims. I, I, oh I, my God. Yeah. I, now, I couldn't find numbers for DC, but in general, bad sanitation, dysentery killed 95,000 Confederate and Union troops. And then typhoid killed 65,000. So, okay. nearly a fifth of the 75,000 Americans who die in the Civil War, nearly a fifth die because of bad sanitation in their army camps or wherever they're deployed. And uh, and, and there were still deaths in the White House. 
Abraham Lincoln's 11-year-old son, Willie, died of typhoid, no. likely no. White House drinking water, on February 24th, 1862. So you, you still have people dying. It's probably released to the public as typhoid, but classified as shit water. Damn, that is just. So that's the story. That's the story of the night soil, of of the three presidents who died in the decade, of the impact of this how bad sanitation at the nation's capital killed three presidents and helped cause uh, the second stage of the Civil War. You know what kind of disturbs me is I feel like you didn't end this with, and the problem was solved, and there was no more. That wasn't solved. Exactly. No, I, I think it's a couple of decades later that they start to build a modern sewage system. You know, I, I, I'm I pretty sure I looked that up and I just I didn't write it down. I forget when, but maybe a decade or two later is when they'll start to build more of a modern sewage system in Washington, D.C. Still a decade too long, period. All right. I mean, these it's too late, so to speak. Yeah, it feels like everything that was available was an easy out in the sense of disease or outbreak they were like oh we can just same symptoms we'll just <laughs> sorry say it sounds like covid oh you died of the flu oh we'll make it covid not that covid isn't claiming lives but i'm just saying like it's severely if anything it's going the other way these days i mean i'm, I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of states saying people died of pneumonia <laughs> at rates that we've never seen people die of pneumonia before <laughs> which hey william henry harrison Pneumonia, everyone thinks. It's very easy to put down, and it's interesting to see that like it took that long for our symbolism of capitalism, of our democracy, to be like, hey, do you think we should have clean drinking water for the people that run our country? I don't know. I, I hate to I mean, today, <laughs> we want to really tie this to the current. How out of repair are our water systems in the United States? We've seen what happened to Flint. That was a sanitation system that was not maintained. And there are small towns all over the country that installed these pipes, the sanitation systems, a hundred years ago, and they're breaking, and you're going to start seeing more people die of bad sanitation, more people getting sick of bad sanitation all over the country. So, it's not just bad sanitation, but there is a real issue of heavy metal poisoning yes, with yes. a lot of iron pipes. Exactly. Um, so, if you think bad sanitation is bad, I assure you, Bethany, that uh, heavy metal poisoning is nothing you want to deal with either, because that's a, a real diagnostic fuck-off. Right, and that's what I'm saying. I guess, like, as a commoner, as a non-historical uh, buff person, everybody knows, uh, listeners know where I'm at. As a United States citizen, <laughs> in this, like, Thank you discussion. Where I'm at, where I'm at is, like, why isn't this irrelevant? Like, even when Clint Michigan happened, even as a person be asking for clean water. Why is that just not a Bethany? It's that they they are. It's the same issue of why are we allowing homes to blow up in South Texas because of that energy is poor. Yes, yeah, like 
piping system. No, it's not. It's something that is very much in the forefront of like, America's political perspective. Trust me, everybody every day is tweeting about water in Flint, Mich Flint Michigan. This is something that is at the forefront. It's not yeah. being done because there's no money in it. There's no glamour in it. There's mm -hmm. there's nothing to be gained by anyone in the political sphere. And actually, so long they higher taxes. Exactly. Yeah. This is a prime example of where I post Beth Me 2024. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Just a pool of not candy. 
candy bars if I've learned anything. Um, and you and you don't want to snorkel in it because sooner or later, you know, you're going to get accidental feedback. So, Kenny, where do we find yeah. your podcast? Where do we find all that is the world of you and awesome in your succinct storytelling within sixty <laughs> minutes segment? The segment. You can, you can uh, learn more about all the presidents in the order by by looking up my podcast, Abridged Presidential Histories. You can Google it or search it on any uh, podcast platform. If you don't find it on your podcast platform, hit me up on Twitter and let me know. I'm APH Podcast on Twitter. And I'll make sure to get it wherever you want to listen to it. Um, we're, we're Just today we came out with uh, Millard Fillmore, who we were talking about earlier. We'll do an episode a month, so, you know, we got Franklin Pierce, James Buchanan. It's going to be a fun year in 2021. We'll get the whole Civil War. We'll get Reconstruction. It's going to be great, guys. Awesome. Lots of history learning that yeah. we, we should have known beforehand. <laughs> uh, coming up on a real history pitch, and if we get it done in 60 minutes through Reconstruction, I am going to be... Color me hashtag impressed if you can get through them all uh, in 60 minutes. I fucking dare you. No, I'm just kidding. Like, you're fantastic. I love your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Click that fucking poll. See how it turns out. No, you're absolutely fantastic. I love your podcast. It's great stuff. That being said, Kara, where do we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kara Um, You can also find me on Instagram at Kara.Dimizio. Um, I'm usually most active on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me at Time Travel Talks, which, as I mentioned in the first segment, is has some pretty exciting stuff um, coming up here in the next few months. And uh, stick around, become a part of the community, become a part of the Discord, send me a message. Um, we're, we're coming up with some great ways to talk about history, and uh, we actually have an article that Kenny has written that is going to be one of our, like, launching products that I'm really excited about. Um, so we have some good stuff in the oven, and um, yeah, so you can find, you can follow that on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Time Travel Talks, and it's usually me running that, so... Nine out of ten times you DM that, it's probably me, but on the other off chance, it could be Leah. So, um, anyways, now where do we find you, ladies, uh, Miss Jessica and Miss Bethany? Um, well, you can find me on Instagram at Bethany Skelton5. That's all lowercase. You can find me at the same Twitter handle with a capital BS for my initials. Always capitalize on the BS. Now, I want to do add something on this particular um, episode. I'm going to be, uh, whatever this post, you'll you'll be, uh, by this time, you'll see that it's a regular post. But unfortunately, I did lose a friend over the weekend um, and due to a horrific car accident, not by her fault forever. But if, if there's anything in history that I've learned, that life can be taken suddenly, and um, unfortunately, her family is left with expenses beyond what you can truly imagine. So I will be posting regularly where you can uh, donate, even if it's just a dollar, five dollars, whatever it might be. Um, it's goes to a great cause. It's really just meant for 
this uh, young woman, she's only 38, and she leaves behind two preteen teenage daughters with no life insurance, nothing uh, to support their family. So anything that you guys can reach out and help for would be awesome. Jessica, over to you. Hold on, I just want to say, I'm going to interrupt and say, Bethany, I'm just so sorry for your loss. I hope this episode has given you a distraction for the past few hours. And uh, I encourage everybody, please, I'm going to keep an eye out for that, too. And, uh, yes. It's, it's, it's one of those things that uh, I feel like body count has touched upon. We don't fully grasp as a human race how important certain things are and so there are deaths. We don't create laws. We don't create um, you know, life insurance policy. We don't think about things like that until certain things happen. And this was actually a very sudden, random, weird, well-loved person um, and that it happened to. So it's one of those things that has, I feel like, um, as a community, we can always reach out and, and grasp people that we don't know. Obviously, are going through something that you never know you go through as well. So, um, but yes. So, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's been interesting. <laughs> and I appreciate the distraction. Actually, this is body count or body count pod at facebook instagram twitter you can follow the website at body count history pod we're going to launch that either this week or next week the new website with a whole lot of stuff that's going to be added in um articles scripts all kinds of stuff like that is going to come out it's going to be a lot of fun I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, that being said, we're also going to have merch up very soon with that. So stay with us. And we're also going to, in the next month, two months, as you know, we're very, very busy getting new content out to you. But we're also going to have things going to our Patreon. And I'm going to start doing some stuff and some different people are going to like start doing some stuff. So it's a, it's going to be a lot of fun. Do follow us on social media for any updates there. That being said, I think we're going to be done with this episode. Kenny, you were an absolutely fantastic barman guest. Thank you so much. Shitwater. That was amazing. of like who can have the craziest like presidential related death stories or something like Don't that. Don't give me ideas. Yeah. Do you mean I can be a presidential bra hype man? 
Is that what you're like? Oh my god. And there's one more. I don't know if you've heard of Howard Gore from Plotting Who's the President. I've seen him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I need, oh my god, we need to get all three of y'all. And in the left corner, weighing at two terms, is President. <laughs> I, I would love to see, oh man, I have so many high hopes and dreams for this, and that will happen. And then the same flautist I spoke of earlier starts playing the yes. final countdown, so it's going to be very exciting. Yeah. You know? We're going to have the Lexington Card Court March followed by the final countdown on uh, flute, if you will. I feel that it's flute and drums. We're gonna work that sounds out. very tasteful. It does. It does. It's a very tasteful arrangement. It's very tasteful I think it's tasteful as fuck. You can judge it the way you want to judge it. But can, we, can we get all, like, do the final countdown to end the episode? Do 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 do. I'm trying to get a bottle of, on my on my beer bottle here. I'm trying to get a bottle. I'm sorry. Are you suddenly from the Appalachian Mountain region and can blow on a jug? I don't think so. I think that is. This is some cultural appropriation. That's an inherent <laughs> skill. How dare you? What are you, a bitch at Coachella? Trying to blow into a jug? <laughs> that being said, guys, we're going to come back at you next week. We'll have more guests. We'll have more of our own bullshit episodes. This was a truly outstanding one. Thank you so much, Kenny. We really enjoyed ourselves. But yeah, uh, ready to do Jackson. So, guys, we'll be back at you. Uh, bye bye. Bye. Bye.